Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, why don't you grab a seat, talk to someone next door and say, hey, you are going to receive a gift of the Spirit today. If you're online, we're so happy to have you here. Don't discount being online, right? The Holy Spirit is just as present in your living room or your car or wherever you are to encounter your world today. I tell you what, I'm just going to open this. I have been so unsettled about this message this week until about 10 minutes ago. My in-laws are visiting at the moment and they keep asking me, are you ready? And I keep saying, nope, you're never ready until you're ready. That's what the Holy Spirit has taught me about preaching. You're never actually ready until you're ready. But the beautiful thing is that the Spirit... The Spirit's got a word to speak to us today. And if I've learned anything, it's just that you have to be available, right? So I'm good at talking. I'm pretty good at that. But it's not any kind of amazing sermon that's going to change our worlds today. But what I am confident of is I'm like, God, well, I can talk. Holy Spirit, just come through these words today and encounter these people. And I am fully confident that that is what's going to happen. So who is excited? for today. Awesome, right? We are doing a series called Fully Alive. And you know what? You can tell someone this week, I know what pneumatology is. So if you didn't know that you knew, you learnt like a new uh, word, big word that sounds impressive, right? Pneumatology is just a study of the Spirit. And these last weeks we've been studying the Spirit and we have learnt such an important key when it comes to our relationship with Him because he's a him, right? He's a who, he's a person. He's someone that we are invited to be in relationship with. And that is this the foundation that we launch into all of this from, right? And so this week, Pastor Nate and Pastor Rach, who are having a little weekend away for Pastor Nate's birthday tomorrow. So make sure you show him some love. He's left us with unleashing the superheroes, right? So he promised you that this week we would be talking about the power of the Spirit. So be prepared. I don't know if you sit on the Marvel side or the DC side. I don't really know too much about all of it, but it can unleash your inner Superman or Spider-Man or Wonder Woman or whatever it is that you want to. Right, so today we are talking about the power of the Spirit and the prayer of the Spirit, and it is going to be powerful. I tell you what, this series, when I'm thinking about it, is like preacher's dream, alliteration, right? We've had person, presence, power, prayer. It's all the P's, all happening, and it's going to be powerful. But um, just before we dive in today, I just, this is what I want to do. We've got to bring all the elephants out in the room, okay? So I know that when we start talking about the power of the Spirit, Holy Spirit baptism. When we start talking about speaking in tongues, whoo, prayer of the Spirit, that there might be some elephants in the room because we all come from a whole bunch of different backgrounds. You might have had different teachings on this. You might have experienced the weird and the wonderful. And so we've just got to be honest and upfront that, hey, we might bring some things into this whole place when we start talking about these things. So let's put it out there. And what I want to encourage you is to kind of leave it there for the moment and just allow the Spirit to actually speak a fresh word, right? We are going to go to Scripture and here's my plan for today. We're going to take this untouchable thing up here and we're going to bring it 
into this conversation. That's why this conversation is so important, right? It's personal. We need to remember that when we're talking about the prayer and the power of the Spirit, it's encapsulated in everything that we've covered up to this point. It's encapsulated in the person of the Spirit, right? It's encapsulated in His presence that's with us. It's not this weird thing over here that we kind of put on. No, it's this thing that comes out of us because we're filled with Him. So how do we know it's good? How do we know what it is? Well, we look at the fruit of it, right? Pastor Nate spoke on this last week. When the power and the prayer of the Spirit comes out of us, it's going to show His fruit. Okay, it's going to show His person. It's going to show His presence. And so we're just going to frame, right? We're going to frame this whole message in that. I just think it's really key, this topic. And I just believe that the enemy tries to bring in all this confusion and this weird and wonderful and dividing stuff because he doesn't want you to have it. He doesn't want you to step into this or these amazing gifts, right? So we're going to say no to that today. And we are going to dive right in. So our scripture, our series scripture, John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So I just couldn't get away from that second part of that scripture this week. Because what does it actually mean to have the fullness of God? Right, and I have labelled this sermon, Are You Full? Because we can carry His presence, right? We can receive it at salvation and we can carry His presence and we can start to see transformation in our lives. But what about this fullness? What about this book of Acts and every other thing that follows in the New Testament? What do we do with that? Because we see something in these stories that are truths that talk about a power of the Spirit, that that's something new, it's different. What do we do with this? And it's the same Holy Spirit, right? We just sang a song, same Holy Spirit now that was alive and active and working in the disciples' lives in the Bible, right? So we can't have a little bit of it and then just discount the other. And nowhere in the Bible does it actually say that this was just for this Bible time and now it's all stopped. It doesn't say that in there. So if someone's taught you that, that's not what the Bible says, right? So all that we see in here is available for us today. And I believe the Holy Spirit is reminding us of this today, church. Because this power and prayer of the Spirit took 12 men from being 12 men to changing the world. And when I look around right now at the recent events of this world, the past two years, where we're at now, I notice this more and more in my life. I am praying, God, I've got nothing. Like I can be kind and good and gentle and caring and loving. And it's so important. Don't hear me say that that's not important. But the world needs something more. It's not, it's like it's not enough. I can't, I can't fit, I can't really put a dint in that thing. I, I can't see my friend who can't walk on their ankle right now. I, I can't just bring meals all the time. Like I want to see that ankle healed. God, I need your power, right? We can't just change this world without this very important part of the Holy Spirit. All right, so let's jump into Scripture so you know I'm not just making things up, okay? 
It's always good, Pastor Keith. I was taught well. So at the end of the Gospels, right, beginning of Acts, we see Jesus has come back. He's come back, He's with His disciples. And they are stoked, right? This is awesome. The plan wasn't ruined. Hallelujah. He was who He said He was. The Kingdom is here, the Kingdom is coming, and now we get to be His witnesses, right, through all of Jerusalem. But Jesus says, yep, absolutely, but just not yet. Just wait. And John had called this baptism that was coming, John the Baptist had called it a baptism of fire, right? And in Luke, he calls it being clothed with power. And we're gonna jump to Acts 1, four to five. This is Jesus talking, super important. We should listen to it, okay? Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And then jump down to verse eight, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So they wait, very obedient, our disciples. Awesome. They're waiting, waiting. And then we get Acts 2, right? Pentecost, birth of the church. It says that this wind, like this violent wind comes in and there's these tongues of fire and they just seem to rest on the believers. Something is happening. And in verse four, it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And we then see something dramatic, like there are the men before the Spirit, like the power of the Spirit. And then there are these men after, they are bold. They don't care about persecution anymore. They are not denying Jesus. They are boldly preaching the Word of God. They are out there doing signs and wonders. They are praying for everybody to come to know this Jesus that they knew. There is this very real immersion into the power of the Spirit that we see in Scripture on the disciples. But guess what? It didn't stay with those 12 men. Scripture goes on to tell us that this power of the Spirit is not just for the elite or the people that we put up on platforms or for the super spiritual or those that have done all the journey and got to this point where I am now holy before God. It doesn't say that anywhere in Scripture. In fact, I love Scripture because it's totally the opposite. Okay, so we're gonna jump through a few Scriptures just so you know, I'm not just pulling one out here. Like we see a pattern in Scripture. So Acts 19, Paul's travelling and he meets some disciples and he says, hey, do you know this Holy Spirit? They're like, nope. We only know the baptism of John. He's gone, hey, hang on. You need the baptism of Jesus. So he prays for them to be baptised in Jesus. And it says, 19 verse 6, When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Right, Acts 8, they are sent to Samaria. Do you remember our teachings on the Samaritans? The Jews didn't like them, but guess what? Jesus did. And so Jesus, like through the disciples, the message of Jesus has gone to Samaria and there's all these believers that have believed in Jesus. And so they send Peter and John there and they're like, hang on. You don't know the Holy Spirit's power yet. So what it says in Acts verses 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. 
Like there is this immersion in power that we're starting to see over and over again, right? These moments where they are being immersed into the power of the Holy Spirit. And just before you set a formula, right, I've got to get saved, pray the prayer, then I've got to get water baptised in the Name of Jesus, and then I can get the Holy Spirit's power. We jump into Acts 10 because God just likes to be God, right? And so they are now talking to the Gentiles, which is us, right? Not the Jews. And it says in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, like just preaching the gospel, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message for they heard them, verse 46, they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And I love it because Peter goes, oh, look at this. Jesus must be for them too. Well, I kind of guess that the Bible actually says this. Go read the story. I guess if the Holy Spirit can fall on them, we better baptise them in the name of Jesus. I guess they can be baptised too. So the Holy Spirit just fell upon them. Don't put the Holy Spirit in a box, people. Our job is just to follow where He moves. And so what I love is that we do not see qualification, elitism. We don't see theological debate about the right time and where and did we already get it or didn't we already get it. We don't see any of this in Acts. We just see, hey, have you been baptised into the Holy Spirit? No? Great, let's pray. Or we just see the Holy Spirit coming on believers as they believe in the Name of Jesus. So I've got to ask the question, where did it become so complicated? You know, why did we make it so complicated? Or maybe the question for us is, where did we become so busy or complacent about this incredible power that is at work within us? If you've got your pen with you or you've got your device that you're writing notes in, here is the very, very simple truth. We're pulling it down from the untouchable. We're bringing it into the practical, right? The very simple truth about baptism in the Spirit. This immersion into the power of the Spirit. Here it is, write it down. All believers can walk in the power of the Spirit. That's truth one. All of you can. Every single one of you. Anyone who believes in the Name of Jesus can be baptised into the Spirit of God. That is awesome. Like we could just preach a whole message on that. Sweet. Come on, let's go. Let's pray. Truth two, it's real, right? It's not something we just thought up and hoped for. I love it. Um, Pastor Sim and I were talking beforehand. I've got to tell you on Thursday, I'm in tears in the office because I'm like, oh God, how do I even preach this message? I'm not sure I'm fully filled now. What have I got to do to be really full so I can go out there on Sunday and preach a message and see people baptised in the Spirit? And Pastor Simo was having a similar conversation with himself. You know what the Spirit said to me on Thursday? Do you want it, Mel? I said, yep, I want to be refilled. He's like, okay. And I felt the power of God come upon me, refilling me. And then I'm like, oh, now I can preach Sunday. Right? There's not some, there's not some big time lapse between it. And it's not something that I kind of hope for. And I get up here today and I'm like, I really hope Jesus that I've got this. Otherwise I can't preach. You know, it's not that at all. It's real. I experienced the real filling of the Holy Spirit again. Right? Real. 
Truth three, it is different to salvation and water baptism, right? So let's just spell it out. And it doesn't happen in this order necessarily. Remember Acts 10. But let's just clarify what the different things are. At salvation, you receive this breath of life of the Holy Spirit. That's what we've been talking about. It comes in. The Holy Spirit's presence comes in and makes its home in you. Right, water baptism is this public declaration. It's this moment where we declare that that happened. We declare, God, you can have all of me, right? And we're baptised and we come up and we're fresh and new and, and we start, you know, we're living for Jesus. Spirit baptism is God, I want all of you, Right, there is, there is a moment where we ask for this. There is a moment where we are immersed into the power of the Spirit. That's what we call Holy Spirit baptism. But it is not also a one-time only moment. I have just shared with you that on Thursday, I needed a refilling. Do you know in Acts chapter four, you know, the disciples have had this big Pentecost moment and then they're getting persecuted and they go to the prayer room and they're praying with their believers and it says that the Holy Spirit filled them. And the prayer, the room where they were praying in was shaken. They needed refilling in chapter four. I bet you they'd been filled before that point too. Right, there's a refilling the power of the Spirit that we need to. Okay, truth four. How do we get it? Well, the Bible tells us. Receive it through prayer, the laying on of hands. I tell you what, I am ready to pray for some people to receive the Holy Spirit today. It's not me. It's just me joining with you in agreement to pray that the Holy Spirit will be released in you in power. Right, but then also sometimes the Holy Spirit just falls. I'm gonna tell you an awesome story at the end of this message of Smith Wigglesworth where the power of the Spirit just fell on the man, right? But there is this impartation moment and moments that happen. And truth five, there's evidence. You're not left wondering, maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. No, we see in Scripture over and over that there is a demonstration. They spoke in tongues, they performed signs and wonders, they had boldness, they prophesied. There was an evidence when they were filled with the Spirit. And guess what? There's an evidence when you're full of the Spirit as well. Okay, filled, filling, full, then filling, full, stay at the full end. It's where we wanna be. So let me ask you, have you been baptised in the Spirit? Right? Have you had that moment of immersion in the power of the Spirit? Because we're going to have a time at the end of this service where we're going to open the altar for that. And if you're sitting there thinking, maybe, maybe not, come. Gosh, get immersed, get immersed again. Don't debate it in your head. This is not something that I would want everybody to come forward and be refilled by the Spirit. Because it's awesome. Power of the Spirit. Have we got it? It's real, right? It's available to you. All you have to do is receive. All you have to do is hunger for it. And it's awesome. We want it. We need it. It's an incredible just impartation of the Spirit's power in and through us. All right, that was point one. Now, Pastor Simo is going to preach an awesome message next week on the gifts of the Spirit. Because there's lots of amazing gifts that then come as the Spirit's power is in you. But I'm going to focus on one today. 
And that is the prayer of the Spirit. Speaking in tongues, right? Because we see throughout Scripture that often what accompanies this baptism in the Spirit is that people spoke in tongues. Now, it isn't the only evidence of this, but it is absolutely something that we should desire. And I'm going to show you why in Scripture. I'm going to just pull it down to what it is because when we actually understand what speaking in tongues is and why God gave it to us, I guarantee you that you will all want it. And if you've already got it, you're going to go home this afternoon and stir it up because it is a very, very awesome gift of the Spirit, right? So speaking in tongues. I'm just going to differentiate this to when the disciples spoke in tongues and then other people understood it in their own language. So Paul talks about this, there's a tongues of man and a tongues of angel. And so we're going to talk today about prayer of the Spirit, this unknown language. So when you hear people praying and you're kind of like, I don't know what that is. I don't understand that in English. That's what we're talking about here, okay? Prayer of the Spirit. And I love using that term. I'm very deliberate with prayer of the Spirit because I'm trying to defunkify, if that's a word, speaking in tongues as being this weird babble that you're not quite sure about. And just reminding us that it's a prayer language. It's the language of the Spirit, right? How do I know this? 1 Corinthians 14.2, Paul very clearly tells his Corinthian church, hey, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Now, I can only speak English. I take my hat off to those of you who speak multiple languages. I can't. But you know what? As Christians, we are bilingual. How awesome is that? I now am bilingual. I could tick that on the forms, right? (laughs) That's what tongues is. It's the language of the Spirit. Now, don't you want to know what that is? And don't you want to have that active in our life? I mean, have you ever actually thought that your Spirit speaks? Have you thought about it that way? I guarantee you, if you are not a runner and you go out running this afternoon, after about 500 metres, your body is going to be speaking to you, right? Our body speaks to us. I don't think I even have to explain that our mind speaks to us. Sometimes we really need to quiet our mind. But just as you are body and mind, you are also spirit. So guess what? Your spirit speaks. I think this is awesome. This is just really easy, right? Easy to understand, easy to connect with. Tongues is simply the language of the Spirit. It's not something we should be concerned about. It's not something that's worrying. It's not something that's weird. It's just us talking Spirit to Spirit, us talking to God, explaining things that we can't find words in English to explain. Do you know what it is? It's prayer, it's praise, it's worship. I don't have English terms to describe my God, but my Spirit does. I love that. And do you know why God gave it to us? In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, Paul again says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Do you know what edify means? To strengthen, to encourage, to build up, to comfort. Why do we need tongues? Because your spirit 
needs to be built up. It needs to be encouraged. And this is one of the most amazing gifts that God has given us as believers to do this. I love praying in tongues. Do you know what? My mind is too busy. And here's what tongues does for me. It quietens it. It says, be quiet. I deliberately go to tongues because tongues is my spirit connecting. And I find that when I start praying in tongues, my mind switches off because it doesn't understand what I'm praying. But do you know what happens? I then just get a thought come into my mind and I'm able to declare and pray that in English. It's the Spirit taking me on this journey and guiding me. It's amazing, right? And how do we start in this? How do we get this gift? We just ask, ask God for it. We're just gonna pray for people to receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna believe that you also receive the gift of tongues, that that's gonna be an evidence. Maybe you've been baptised, but you don't speak in tongues. Come down and ask, and we're gonna pray for you to receive the gift of tongues. We were sitting in the office this week talking about our experiences. Guess what? They're all totally different. For some of us, we were prayed for it. It just flowed out like a river. For some of us, we had to practice. Like we just got a word and then we'd just be in worship and we'd just be saying that word over and over again until it developed into a language. For some of us, it was a time of waiting on God and just worshipping Him in English until we realised that that language of tongues comes out. Okay, so you've just got to start. Pray, believe, receive and then start. Immerse yourself in the things of the Spirit and start. It's a language. You're growing this language. I think that's a beautiful picture to think about. You're growing your language of the Spirit. And before we finish today, it's also really important how to use the gifts that God has given us. And so I've been quoting Scripture from 1 Corinthians 14 today and I didn't have time to go through it all. I did, but my sermon was way too long, so I had to cut it. So I'm going to paraphrase for you, but I want to encourage you to go home and read this Scripture. But to remember, read it in context. Because if you just go home and read this Scripture, you're like, well, Paul is saying that prophecy is way better than tongues. So what do I need tongues for? And we need to remember that this Scripture, Corinthians, the letter to Corinthians, is a letter to a church that was so endowed with spiritual gifts. How awesome! They had heaps of them and they were being used a lot. And Paul has had to go, hey, I just need to show you how to use them correctly because they're not really working to build up the body. Their church was different to ours, right? They, they would have different people sharing messages. Can you imagine what would have happened today if Zach had just got up and led worship in tongues and then Jess and Simo got up and they did communion and offering in tongues and then I get up here and do my message in tongues? And Zach and Jess and Simo and me, we're feeling awesome. But you guys would all be sitting there going, what? I didn't get it. And unless tongues is interpreted, right, you're not going to understand that message. So we need to realise that what Paul talks about in Corinthians is he's saying, hey, if you are addressing the gathering, use prophecy, use words of knowledge, use wisdom, use things that everybody can be a part of. But you know, Paul says, I am so thankful that I speak in tongues more than all of you. He loved the gift of tongues. 
So pray a lot in tongues at home, in your car, on your walk. Pray a lot in tongues to receive from God so that you can go to your brother or your sister and you can give them a word. When we come together in a prayer meeting, pray in tongues, absolutely. Connect spirit to spirit, but then release the Word of God. I love in a prayer meeting when we're praying in tongues, right? And the Spirit is moving and then somebody releases a word and we can all go, yes, amen, I agree with that. And then it flows on from there, right? That's how tongues works. Do you all want a gift of tongues, right? Oh, wow. I'm sure online there you were all writing, yes, 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 Pastor Mel, which is awesome. Remember that the gift of tongues is always used in love, right? And love always thinks of others. Don't boastfully parade the gift of tongues like the Corinthian church were doing. Yeah, I can talk to God. I don't need to talk to you people. That's what they were doing, literally. Paul reminds them, no, no, no. Love, love, love first. I tell you what, the power of the Spirit and the prayer of the Spirit should be absolutely normal for us as believers. And I wanna read you this incredible testimony because I believe testimony is prophetic. And I'm gonna release this testimony today of an incredible man named Smith Wigglesworth who moved in the power of the Spirit. I'm gonna tell you his experience in receiving the power of the Spirit and the prayer of the Spirit. And I'm gonna believe that as this goes out today, that you're gonna be stirred in your hearts to respond. So Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber He was a plumber who dedicated his life to God and he thought that in this moment of rededication to God that he'd received the Spirit, right? He felt counselled and encouraged by God and he was doing the ministry of God. But then he starts to hear about these stories from this other place and it sounds like acts. They're moving in the Spirit and they're speaking in tongues and he's like, man, I've got to go and check this out. And some very good religious friends said, nope, don't go. It's of the devil. It's weird. But he says, no, I am resolved to know the truth for myself. So he goes and he is an absolute pain in the meetings, right? He is interrupting the preacher and he's saying, I don't want to hear about this. Just show me. If you can speak in tongues, show me. If you've got this evidence, show me. And the people are around him going, hey, Smith, you know, you just got to pray for the baptism yourself. I am already baptised. I'm dramatising this, but I imagine this is what it was like, right? I'm already baptised. I don't need this baptism. I don't even know what you're talking about. For four days, he's an absolute pain. So I just like to say we love pains in this church, right? If you want to ask some questions, ask some questions. Maybe just don't yell out at me while I'm preaching. But anyway, after four days, the plumbing jobs are piling up and he's like, nah, that's it. I'm going back home. I'm going back home. It's not real. But he's a polite man. So he goes to the pastor's house to say, thank you very much. See you later. And he meets the pastor's wife there and he obviously expresses his frustration again. And she says to him, I love this, Wigglesworth, it's not the tongues you need, but the baptism. And he goes, no, I've already been baptised. But he lets her pray for him. Only they hear a knock at the door and she's like, gotta go. And I'm like, God, what are you doing, right? She was praying for him. But do you know what? She goes out of that room and this is what happens. The fire of the Holy Spirit suddenly fell on Wigglesworth 
and overcome with joy, he just kept crying out, clean, clean, clean. And he was conscious of being cleansed by the Spirit. And he had a vision of Jesus exalted at the right hand of God the Father. And he began to praise Him, but his language changed from English to these tongues of the Spirit. He receives this full immersion in the power and the prayer of the Spirit. He is so excited. He runs back to church. He interrupts the preacher again and says, I gotta share this. And he shares this testimony and people are baptised in the Spirit. This church that has been seeking this for a long time, suddenly there's this outpouring of the Spirit. And then I love this. He jumps on a train to go home. The devil is telling him, are you gonna really take that thing back? You haven't really got anything. So much so that he gets so annoyed with the devil that he shouts out in the train, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And people around him are looking at him, like, what are you doing? He gets home and his darling wife says to him, well, if this thing is real, show it on Sunday. So he is approaching his church on Sunday. They have all heard that apparently he's been baptised in the power and the prayer of the Spirit. And he's like, man, I've got to rock up and do something, right? And he talks that as he walks up to the platform to preach, the Holy Spirit drops Isaiah 61 into his spirit. And people say that he preached with a power and a fluency like never before. And he says, suddenly I felt that I had these prophetic utterances which were flowing like a river by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I love it because people record that his wife's at the back of the church going, this is amazing. That's not my Smith. What happened to my Smith? There was evidence, there was power, it was real. This was a man who was hungry for God. That is the call of the Spirit today. Would you stand up, right? Victory. We are a church super rich in the power of the Spirit. We move in the power of the Spirit. I have been in place, many places in victory where that power of the Spirit has moved so, so, you know, full. I've received prophetic words that have changed my life. It's why I'm standing here today. But victory, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, this is not about what was in the past. Right, there is a new anointing. There is a new flow of the power of the Spirit. And it is not just for these people in the front row if you think that they are the super elite. Pastor Peter. <laughs> there you go. Holy Spirit has a bit of fun. No, this is front to the back. I can't see all your faces in the back. But if we're gonna be a church that is a home for hope, then all of us, need the power of the Spirit. If you are at home, you need the power of the Spirit too. We need you to be activated in the power of the Spirit and the prayer of the Spirit. So the band is gonna play and I'm gonna